Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. There's been a lot of interest in the gold country. I want a checking purpose for football all the time. And providing you had a up in that quarter, we had a real chance of winning it in that quarter. Now we've got our backs against the water, we've got to fight. Nervous for someone that knew what they were doing. The old yellow and black, having a big year so far. Yep, and uh, just like many other years, it's set up for some disappointment if it doesn't all pan out the way that the supporters are expecting. Well, the good thing is they're not disappointed at this stage, which is a new ground. It is, and um, they've, uh, I mean, it's helped by some pretty unexpected on-field performances against teams which we had no business beating. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that, that can happen with the Tigers. They can give you some hope. Yep, Every yep, now and then. Exactly right. At the minute, um, going into the bye, they're sitting eighth and they're six and four. Yep. Um, would you say that's uh, performing above expectations or about expectations or below? Well, for me, that's above expectations, uh, especially looking at who we played in the, the first 10 games. I expected probably the opposite. I expected four and six, and maybe we might, you know, manage to grind out some wins that we didn't deserve mid season, later in the season. But uh, I didn't expect it to be on a roll this early. I've got it as, as the same. I've got it just as above. Um, I I didn't pick the Tigers to make the eight at the minute, and the fact yep. that they're sitting in the eight um, says that they're they're doing all right. Um, yeah, yeah. And like you say, there's been some uh, some really good wins, but um, it wouldn't be the Tigers unless they had some shockers in there as well. That's exactly right, and that's what I was expecting. Was um, you know we we probably maybe scrape in one or two against teams we had no business beating but I didn't expect consistency like we've done Um, and we'll get into the reasons for that consistency in a little bit but um, uh, best win for the year I I think there's a standout it's got to be Freo doesn't it it's got to be the Freo they're they're the only ones to knock off the um, the, the rampaging Fremantle Dockers and did it over there yep and at a at a time where I mean you, you'd forgive the Tigers for saying, look, we're travelling to Frio. Let's just rest the players that we're going to make a run at in the the middle quarter that it we're, we're going to play. Very easily accepted a loss. Yep, but they didn't. They went out there and they just put the pedal to the metal early, which is really what the Tigers are missing is being able to put the foot on the throat. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, make the most of their sh- chances. Yeah, because you know, against the Frio side, you're not going to get that many chances. Yeah. To put on eight goals in the first eight quarter, straight, yeah, it eight straight or eight one, I think they ended up something stupid like that. Um, and I think the the halftime score for the Tigers would have been good enough to win anyway. Yep, yeah, um, I agree. So not only did they get a lead, they managed to hang on to it. Yep, and uh, played convincing footy the, the whole way through as well. So and everyone's made um, uh, a big fuss about being the milestone killers as well. So they have they're the party poopers, the party poopers. Yeah, that's what they are. The, the fun police. And I mean, as a Tiger supporter, it's good to see everyone else like just fucking hating their footy as much as as you do as a Tiger supporter. So <laughs> you're bringing everyone down to your <laughs> good enjoyment. To see. Level. I fucking love it. Yeah, you think you like footy, do you? Yeah, suck on this, cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> so 
you reckon they're going to try and manufacture some milestones? <laughs> <laughs> this is the the 100th game that um, he's played on a Saturday during the full moon. I want to see what happens on, like, on our next milestone, like the next Tigers milestone game. What happens then? Yeah. It, it, I think might. we're fucked. Like, bet all you've got against us. <laughs> it's the only way. They, they might just, yeah, um, knock him out. In the first, send Tyrone over to whoever it is, <laughs> knock him out, and say, right, thank God we got rid of that jinx. Send, send Tyrone over to their uh, uh, change rooms beforehand, slip on one of the Guernseys, and we'll slip him into the mole. That's it. Um, I mean, and while we're talking about great wins, you, you could have said Port um, and the dream time of the G game as well. Yep. Um, they were all, you know, the, the, the milestone ruining games. They were all great games. They were. Um, but, you know, picking up big wins interstate, it really shows a, a maturing side. Yeah, and it, it shows that um, whatever plan they're having with um, Damien Hardwick, he's obviously got something in the works and they're actually starting to listen to him and starting to uh, follow the game plan and have a bit of faith in what he's what he's planning there. So I think it's good to see because like we're saying for the uh, round 10 wrap-up, I think I gave my bullshit breakdown of the Tigers win and it involved a lot of um, just having the right game plan for that match. And that's what it was. Right game plan, right time, right place. You know, yep. Frio were um, coasting through and yep. the Tigers were able to um, just you know, jump up and take one. Yep. So I think it was exploitation uh, as much as anything else, not just pure skill. Um, the other side of the coin then, their worst loss. So in my opinion, the worst loss has to be against Melbourne, just because we were, I think we're going win-loss, win-loss into that game, or win-loss, yep, win. Were. And when you when it was come to that round, you looked at who we had to face coming up, and we had, I think, uh, Geelong, uh, North Melbourne, and then Collingwood, and you're thinking, this is a game we need to win in order to keep our chance alive and have some sort of momentum going into where we are now. Yeah. Uh, especially the week before, you've put the Brisbane Lions to the sword. Yep. Um, yeah. Which you should do against those bottom teams. And yeah. you come up against a rebounding uh, Melbourne side. Yep. And a real letdown of a game. And I think what makes it worse is that Melbourne seem to have the wood on us in these games where yep. they're in a bit of pressure and we, we can't capitalise on that. Melbourne seem to come out on top and always seem to just overdo us and outrun us and outplay us. Save their best um, for, for the Tigers. Yeah. Um, if you remember that game too, Alex Rance hadn't had a goal kicked on him or lost a one-on-one yeah, all year. Yeah, some of that. Comes up against Jesse Hogan his yep. first year and Hogan dominated him. Yeah. And I think is you, you've got to give all credit to Hogan for that matchup, and yep. he's taken that and just ran with it the whole season. I haven't had that momentum and just gone from strength to strength. And you'd love to see that again uh, with a player like Hogan as well, because just not against your team, not against your team generally. But you know, it's pretty hard to hate Melbourne. So if you're, like, gonna have, you're going to have a loss that sucks, you know what I mean, it's Melbourne. like a second airport. Just it's good. To, it's good. You want it, just not yeah. in my backyard. Yeah, just, just yeah, stick it out in Avalon. Just fuck off over there, <laughs> anywhere but here. Yeah. Um, and look, you. Uh, yeah, I reckon that's clear that that's their worst loss so far. Um, and I, th- I don't think Delidio is playing those games either because that was yeah. he got reported in the first ten seconds of the season yep. and, and injured. Yep. Um, and uh, I mean, the other big loss or bad loss for me was the North Melbourne game down in uh, Hobart. Yeah. Um, not so much in the margin or that they should beat North or anything, but it was just it was Benny Hill. It was shit ass game, wasn't it? It was awful. Yeah. Probably one of the worst games for the year. Yep. <laughs> Not just as a, a spectacle. It was like what, going and watching your local suburb C-grade team or something yeah. like that. Um, but even last week, uh, North versus West Coast down in uh, uh, Hobart didn't yeah. put on much of a spectacle because of the weather. Yeah. Um, but the weather wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. 
back in. Uh, they they still had little bits of individual brilliance which made it watchable. Yep. Whereas the Tigers one, uh, nah, it you, was just a crap. You're not going to replay that one, that's for sure. That's deleted off the DVR. Right. I mean, the good news is uh, since that game against uh, uh, the Kangaroos, they've put four on the trot. They have. And um, not ones that, I mean, you Tough wouldn't have games. expected that they would have maybe caught a look across the line. Maybe one they would have made a fluke out of those ones, but. You wouldn't expect them to put four on the trot against those teams. And no. like we're saying with Melbourne, that would have been the one where you've got to win because you're going to wear a few losses coming up. I mean, if they win that, they're seven and three and they're, um, you know, looking at top yeah. four. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's no one who would have thought that uh, Richmond would be a top four team and still not. No. But no. Um, th- yeah, four in a row. Ended with a uh, win over Freo to go into the long break for the Tigers. So can't complain. Can't complain at all. Um, good time for the break as well, I, I think, um, after yeah. the... the- Oh, maybe they got a bit of momentum, but now they can take stock and just. I think oh, I think no. just ice a few injuries. Yep, that as well. Just yeah. sit a few players and ice. I mean, because they always talked about the Deledio factor with him being in and we win when he's playing, and I always thought it was a bit of bullshit to be honest. But, but fuck, you geez, can't you can't argue the stats, can you? <laughs> like it doesn't look like it does much, but it's just his leadership. And like we've always been banging on about is that going to watch a game live tells you so much about a coach's yep. strategy and player strategy. You see what happens behind the game, behind the ball. And in front of the players. So. And how much unrewarded running goes around. Yeah. And, you, and know, you see who the generals are, who's yep. directing people on the field. And yeah. Delilah is one of those players. Um, so, t- talking about individuals then, who have you put in for the... Who'd be leading the best and fairest for the Tigers at the minute? Top three. The top three, is, it's pretty tough because it's been... It seems like it's been a... Um, a, a a well top, a 10 rounds of five round blocks if that makes sense yep, so yep, you've yep. had two five, five round blocks and for the start I think the standout was McIntosh coming from a rookie um, hold, holding up that half back line and taking a bit of pressure off Rance I think he really did a good job and I know people always jumped on Martin but when you watch the game he does what he needs to do around the ball but I think a lot of the problems with were with strategy where they get rotated to the forward lines and it's hard to build momentum on the ball and have a, a, a ongoing impact in the game but I think he's found his role towards the last half of this um, first half of footy, so the last five games. Yep. I feel he's found his role in busting packs and exerting the energy where he needs to and making the most of what his role is going to be. Now, I was uh, the last game against uh, Frio, I was actually yep. listening to it on the radio, um, and it was uh, WA commentators, and they were commentating a lot of how he'll give the one effort and then he'll hang back, and his man will drift off and then... If there's a turnover, all of a sudden he, he's ready to go again. Yeah, um, just like s- many of the greats. Yeah, <laughs> you say it's working smarter and it looks good when it uh, pays off. But um, a lot of the times, you just need that one one clean possession or somebody to break one yep. tackle and you're away. And yep. that's what he does best. Yeah, and uh, I, and sorry, yeah, no. I find like the other the other players who I'm kind of torn between is. Like, like I've always said about the forward line pressure is what Richard needs in order to slow down fast playing teams. Yep. And I found that um, Shane Edwards and um, is it Stevie Morris Steve, who yeah, have yeah. been those players who have given 100%. They're, they're 1% of players. So yep. they're the players that I love to see doing those little parts of the game plan that we need in order to um, make sure that we win. Um, Morris is a, an interesting one because he's one we've spoken about a lot um, in... Uh, the, the the preseason preseason stuff, yep. um, as well as the uh, you know all, all the other games. Um, Stevie Morris is one that we've spoken about a lot. How he's always active, and you're saying that pressure's on the ball when the ball's down there. But also, if yep. uh, coming out from fullback, they kick a short kick. He's active on the mark and yep. enforcing pressure, and that makes the umpires call play on quicker, and it makes the other exactly players right. active. He's one of those great players. Yep. 
Um, he, he's always doing something. He's never yep. never a spectator. It reminds me when I was when I was a dealer and I worked on the main floor of um, the that, casino. Sorry, croupier. Croupier. Sorry, croupier. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. Just people forget. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case, I was at Spring Vale dealing fucking bit of. <laughs> but no, and you'd sit there and you could influence what decisions people make by how fast you deal the game. So if you do cards real fast and point real quick, people make real smart, real quick decisions yep. and dumb fucking decisions. Yeah, and so from a, from a casino <laughs> point of view, they will try and teach you that. Deal fast games, you know, make sure you got to get your spin rate, your deal rate, hand rate, because people make dumb fucking decisions when you put them under pressure. Um, and the other one you mentioned was Edwards. Uh, look, as far as I'm concerned, this is a breakout year for Edwards. Yeah, he's gone as a, a fringe player that you can who, who do a couple of good things to a reliable player. Yeah, um, his worst game hasn't been that far from his best game. Yeah, um, this year yeah. is that's a really smart decisions as well. Yeah, um, and uh, I, under pressure. And I think when when trying to choose the players for these categories, the easy way to go is Ellis and players who've looked, notched up lots of possessions and yeah. been around it. But it's about how that how they use that ball and what they do off the ball, not just when they've got it. And so I like the way the Edwards is always around thereabouts, and he's very good at making those decisions in the crunch time that are, are smart, whether it means he has to take on a player in order to draw them and then give a handball to a free player, or if it means that he's front and center in a um, contest around marriage. He always seems to yep. be there or thereabouts. Um, yeah, he was the other one I had who was probably in the top three just for the, the weight of possession. Yeah. Um, he also, I think he took home the best on ground medal in the... Um, Dream type of the G game? Yeah, I think I it might think. have. Oh, but, Ellis, I think, might have got it, actually. Yeah, yeah, Brandon Ellis. Yeah. That's, what, uh, that's who I mean. Yeah. Um, who I thought would have been a close vote on that night, too. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you, you can only do what you what to, what's played in front of you. Um, yep. and, and he's certainly done his job. Yep, I agree. Um, who's been most improved or the biggest surprise for you? The biggest surprise, I think, has got to be McIntosh. Coming in as a mature age um, and just really holding down the fort in the first few games that um, were key for Richmond. So, Especially round one. Yep. He was real impressive. Yeah, exactly. In round one. And it was the times that he stood up where people didn't expect him to. Let's have a look at his stats here. Averaging 17 touches. Um, yep. He's kicked five goals. Uh, that's, for a first-year player, that, yeah. that's awesome. That's yep. all you can ask for. And I'm pretty sure he came in as a, as a, not a mature age, but he's one of the ones that took the extra few steps to, yep. to get in. And like we said at the start, I really appreciate that way into the AFL. I think it creates a much more mature footballer and someone who's who's ready out of the gate. And hungry. Yeah. And um, I think he proved that in yeah in the first five rounds, like we're saying, that first five-round block. I think he was one of those ones that stood up and he got the opportunity and said, look, this is where I want to be. Yep. I'm going to make the most of it. And you've seen in uh, the last five rounds people who've recognised that you need to actually mount up with this person and pay attention to him and been forced to a few silly mistakes but he's a first year player and he, he's shown that he's ready to put his hand up and, and go hard at it so you've got yeah. to respect that to me I, I think yeah, absolutely he's been you, know, you say most improved but certainly a bigger surprise yeah. um, look just uh, outside of that um, I think Taylor Hunt's slotted in perfectly yeah. yep definitely um, Jack Rewalt's been doing his job without kicking a bag full yep um, but uh, he's, he's still going well. Um, we just have a look here. He's got a disposal efficiency of 96.6. Damn. What's even more surprising Shit. is that's third for the Tigers. Wow. Because Alex Rance is at 97.9. Holy fuck, really? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. And Troy Chaplin is at 99.4. Jesus. <laughs> at disposal efficiency. I mean, okay, they're not pulling in 30 touches a game. Yeah. But still, when you're playing down back... Yeah. Um, look, dumb mistakes is what the Tigers have been yep. 
<laughs> lamenting for oh, probably 20 years. And if there's any two players who probably get a fair hammering for dumb mistakes, could be Rance and Chaplin. Yeah, yeah. So. And, and Rewind. I mean, um, what's uh, Rance has played eight games and. Uh, sorry, Rance has played 10 games, Chaplin's played eight. Yep. Um, and uh, I think the other big improver has been uh, Benny Griffiths. Yeah, he has. Uh, he's kicked some nice goals. Being consistent. Been threading. Yep. Threading and for, and the, the thing is, he, he's been one of the people where he's, he's kicking range is so long that he can lead further out and yeah. he, he demands respect to cover him at that sort of 50 and just beyond the 50 metre range, which means you create a hole behind him where he's leading, which you'll find uh, Rewalt sits into nicely. Yeah. And that's where Cochin and uh, Martin swapping through the um, full forward line have really sort of found their little niche is ducking in behind Griffiths when he when he leads and, and getting a shit mark. Um, so who's playing for their careers then? Who's on the, the other end of the scale? Well, I would have said that there were a fair few <laughs> at the start of the year, <laughs> but I mean, people have slotted in and it's hard to say that anyone necessarily is, is playing for their career in, in a team where you're still struggling, you're still fighting tooth and nail. Yeah, there's no standout shockers. Yeah, but I would have thought that someone who uh, expected to do more than what they've done would be Vlosten. Yep. Uh, someone who showed a lot of promise. Him and Ellis seem to be at the same sort of level where one was crossed forward, half forward, one was crossed half back, and at that same level of impact when they came in. And I think Ellis just kind of eclipsed him a bit, and I look for Vlosten to step a bit, or he might get left behind. Um, he's still played every game so far, which, yep. which is good. You know, you get some consistency in there. Yep. Um, but yeah, you're right. There's nobody that's really stood out as being shocking. Like, there's no yeah. whipping boy. Yeah. Um, Tyrone's been there um, a few years. Yeah. Um, and he's spent some time down in the twos as well. But yep. when he's come back, he's played well. And he, he kicked the sealer last week. Yes. And like, he's the easy whipping boy. And I mean, if you're willing to flog someone, then you've got to give them credit when they play well. And the last couple of games, he's played well. So it's, it's pretty hard to slap that sticker on his back, you know, when he's played some pretty decent footy. Just going through there, um, we, we say that you know nobody's really in danger yet. Um, they've had fourteen or fifteen players that have played all ten games. Yep. that's impressive. Yeah, um, and shows some real consistency there. Yep. Um, two players I, I will point out, um, and it's it's more around injuries. Is uh, Newman and Foley? Yeah. So Newman's only come back and he's only played half the game so far. Yeah. Um, and. He, I think we've he might have even acknowledged that it might be his last year. I think it'll go close, yeah. Um, so he's um, probably going to be a bit of a role player. Yeah. Um, so he's not really playing for his career. He's playing to remember his career. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, God, who else did I just say? Chris uh, Newman and uh, Foley. Foley, yeah. Foley, who hasn't hasn't been cited this year yet. I no, don't think, I don't think he's played. He's had a bad, and I think it was knee injury or something like that. Um, so anyway. when the team's um, going okay and being so consistent, it might be once he's right, yep. it's very hard to, to get back in there. That's exactly right. Uh, when it comes to the end of the year, um, I, I don't think he's going anywhere, to be honest. Yeah, with you. yeah. But um, if a, an offer comes in, it, it might be looked at. I think you'll, you'll probably be seeing where he can slot in this side. I don't think there'll be much interest outside. Uh, I think Absolutely, yeah. We'll see um, how those players who are in that role manage to to go but I mean there could be a role for him developing people sort of around because he's got lots of experience and when he was playing he was playing pretty decent footy yeah. so it was just the injury that set him back um, but I mean at that age it's pretty tough to get back on the horse when you've got a young team that's going so well but the other thing is that I think that the Richmond squad it's, it's not really a great squad and I think that it gives a lot of credit to Damien Hardwick with making a team that 
isn't really that good on paper, be able to perform what they have for this first half of the season. I think it's the first time we've had his game plan and the belief in those players to be able to follow it. Yeah, yeah. Um, which leads us into the next one. Uh, the next question we always ask is, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much pressure is a coach under? I say it's a, probably a solid 8, but not because he's doing anything wrong, just because sooner or later your team has to win. That's it, and you're a Richmond coach. You're never quite yeah, there. Exactly. You're never. You're never on safe. You're never on solid ground. You're always a bit on eggshells. Maybe there's some eggs in them while you're standing on them. But if you don't win, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what your plan is. If you don't win, you've only got so long. Yep. Uh, at the start of the year, I had him sitting on an eight. Yeah. Um, just because uh, I thought they were going to struggle to find where they were improving on last year. Yep. Where they finished eighth. Um, and this year with so many Friday night games, it's um, yeah. under the, the bright lights. I thought they would struggle. Um, the last four wins have yep. moved that down to me too. He's, he's still at about a, a five or a six. Yeah. Uh, I, see, I think he's he's ringing the cloth. I think he's getting the most out of this team. And I, I don't discredit him as a coach at all. And no. I don't discredit what he's done for this Richmond squad. But that pressure builds up until you start yeah. playing finals. He, and I want him to stay as Richmond coach. Don't get me wrong. But that pressure builds up. I think he's the right coach, but yep. um, he's inherited a poor list and yep. slowly turning it over. And a poor culture as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're right. You can only be middle, middle of the table for so long yep. until it starts to grate on people's uh, patience. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it grates on him too. Maybe he's said, I've done, what, six years or whatever in this role and I've just had enough. Has he really been around to uh, six maybe, years? No, I don't think that much. Maybe like... It's, it's minimum four. I think it's four or five, I think. It's minimum four. Yeah. Um, it's been a fair while, but I mean, it's going to be a point where he goes, man, I've just fucking had enough. I'm going to try something else too. Um, but I mean, there's not many people that get to walk away um, from uh, the big chair and get another gig. Yeah, that's um, exactly right. And I mean, it's certainly not like at the end of the year he's going to th- be thinking, you know, that Carlton job looks nice. Yeah. Well, fuck, I could do that Gold Coast gig. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that. Um, no, so I reckon he's still going to be there um, yeah, nah, next year. Which... I hope so. I, I mean, it'll be to Richmond's detriment if he's not. Yep. Um, so looking at the rest of the year, where do you see their danger games coming up? Shit. I mean, all of them. All of them. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the hardest part is that being a Richmond supporter is that your danger games are the ones that you're confident in. Yep. And the only ones that you can ever be confident in are the games like playing Bulldogs or Melbourne. But they're the key games that Richmond always get flogged from. You know, oh, right? so, And they're two losses they've already put in yeah. the box. And so it's hard to be confident with any game. And that's what that's what sucks. But you also love a Richmond supporter. But you're never confident in any game with any winning margin. It can always go ass up. Well, the good thing is, you know, last year they were, what, 3-10 and 10 and needed yep. to win 9 on the trot to make finals. And, yep. they, and they did it. Um, yeah. Uh, they don't need to do that this year. They've already got uh, double the amount of wins on the board yep. after 10 rounds. Yep. <laughs> um, look, I've got their danger games uh, as st- <laughs> straight out of the bite. So the next one, which is West Coast in round 12, yep. uh, hosting West Coast, yep. um, who you know, are obviously sitting, what, third or fourth on the ladder. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, But, I mean, they're sitting third on the ladder, only one win ahead of Richmond. So, yeah. I mean, if they take that win, they're really pressing their case um, to to be a, a real yep. contender. Um, and then round 23 against um, North Melbourne. Yeah. Um, that could be a real deciding game. Especially with uh, teams who are going to be fighting for that sixth down to what is probably going to be 14th position yeah. with how Portland are going at the moment. That's going to be where the real race is. I mean, you're going to have that top four spot and you're going to have that sixth to 14th spot, which is going to be yep. the fight. 
I think it could be one of the most exciting ends to an AFL season we've seen in a long time. It is. Well, I'm really, look at the game tonight. Like we watched um, Cats and Port tonight. A yep. cracking game from beginning to end. I think you're going to expect those sort of games when it comes to the crunch time from about round 16 onwards. There is just that glut of teams in the middle. Yeah. And it's um, fucking awesome to see. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, this is why we have equalisation and all those other yep. um, things to try and make it to, so that we've got uh, less blowouts. Yep. Um, so where have you got them finishing? I've got them finishing seventh. You reckon seventh? Seventh, I've got them in. Oh, I said they're, they're sitting eighth at the minute, not seventh. I made yep. that mistake. Sorry yeah. about that. Um, yeah, me too. I said seventh. I reckon they can get another six wins um, yep. out of this year. Um, and their percentage is pretty healthy at the minute. I think that's what will get them into that seventh spot. I think they'll just manage to keep keeping their head above water. And that percentage yeah. will, will just be what keeps them in that spot. Um, no home finals. Uh, obviously, if, no. if it's obviously MCG is still home, but it won't be any uh, Richmond home games. So. I said get in the seventh, and I mean maybe we we win one, get into the next round. But I mean yeah. they've made finals the last two or three years. Last two, last yeah. two, two. Um, and you know a disappointing loss, to, a heartbreaking loss to Carlton, yep. and then getting flogged last year. Yeah, uh, they they desperately, if they can win a final, yeah, uh, I think that um, I mean you sign Hardwick out for another four years. Yeah, on the yeah. on the back of that alone. Yep. Um, yeah, that's where I got them finishing as well, um, just uh, just on seventh. Um, it, it is good, uh, a good sign for Richmond that they have got that healthy percentage for a change. Yeah, it, it's somewhere where they've um, you know once they, they get beaten, they get really beaten. Yeah, um, exactly. Which happens a lot of times. And I mean, to be honest, I'd rather just just do it nice and quick and sudden. Just let me go do something else in my afternoon. You know, <laughs> put us to the sword in the first quarter. I'm all good. Just don't give us fucking hope and then just break my heart. It's you, all I ask. What is it? Uh, Ultron says, you know, look at them, look into the skies with hope. I'll take that from the first. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The Tiger Spores are like, oh, you're fucking like, again. Yeah, bullshit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to see the Tigers doing. Yeah. Uh, and look, off field, um, they've wiped their debt. They've got yeah. record memberships there. Yeah. Um, if they can win a final, and oh, God damn it, if they win two finals, they can legitimately call themselves one of the big four clubs again. Yeah, yeah, they can. Like, off field, things are going pretty swimmingly and just staying out of trouble, staying out of the papers and just putting your head down and letting your board do what they've got to do. I think Benny Gale, when he was there, was... Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. 
having a good impact. And yeah, I don't know. I think it's all going good away from the football club, but we've just got to go and do it on the field. Yep, uh, the Tigers are um, plodding along without being brilliant and without being shocking. Um, if they can keep doing that, yeah, you're going to be happy days. Who knows, man? All right, that's the mid-season report for the Tigers. That's Richmond. Yellow and black. Right. Any clue how long that went for? Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.